should be forever in his total obedience in his ibadat and being his creation being his slaves we should not have been even requiring any kind of reminders we should be totally immersed in Allah's obedience but since we are weak from time to time Allah creates the opportunities for us to take the steps towards his closeness towards gaining his marifat and recognition towards becoming conscious of what our purpose in life is to making amends for the past working towards the future all this is something that Allah Ta'ala makes excuses for us to come to there are many occasions that we have discussed this that whether it is the month of Ramadan before that the 15th of Shaban had come then the 10 days of Zul Hijjah all the various other occasions that come along we are now very close to one great occasion in the calendar and that is the occasion of Ashura the occasion of Ashura, we have heard the details on many, in many talks previously, and we will keep hearing this. The issue is how much are we going to implement the lessons, how much we are going to practice upon it. So inshallah we will revise some points again, in the hope that this spurs us to practice upon and to imbibe the lessons, bring the lessons into our lives. Very briefly, as far as the history of Ashura is concerned, then it is mentioned in the Ahadith that initially the fast of Ashura, this is the one day in the year, was a fard fast. It was compulsory. And after the month of Ramadan became compulsory, then this was no more farz, it became a nafil. Now this alone is something that we can ponder on and reflect upon and that itself will highlight what a great day this is. Can we imagine the importance of the month of Ramadan and what a great month and all this great importance of fasting in Ramadan this was all combined in one day. Initially it was combined and it was condensed in one day, in the day of Ashura. So the whole year, this was the one day that was fard. 
So what a great day that would be. What a tremendously great day that would be. Now the compulsion of fasting is no more there, but the greatness of the day, of the day is still there. Now we unfortunately, many a times, take these things very casually. People get very excited and very, very enthusiastic when they hear that certain things are coming up. What is coming up? There is some fair coming up. There is some souk coming up. There is some other family function coming up. There is some wedding taking place. And Allah forbid, many of these things happen in a way that is far away from the commands of Shariat, very, very far away from the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Many a times these weddings, Allah forbid, people leave those occasion, those events and those venues, and the hearts are turned away from Allah Taala because of the type of things that they engaged in in that function the kind of environment that was created therein the kind of filthy clothing that was worn by people generally in that place the music that took place there the intermingling that happened and then all kinds of sin so when a person attends such a function and says no well I was in the parda section but you part of that same function in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says that a person who gives glory to something, then the person is counted as part of it. So that is if somebody was in the so-called Parda section, which is just to give legitimacy to something that is totally wrong. But in any case, now somebody who attends such a function, such a gathering, they go far away from the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala, from attaining the rahmat of Allah ta'ala. in fact this invites the wrath of Allah ta'ala. but despite all this what kind of enthusiasm people look forward to these kind of things for it's still months away they are counting on the calendar they are knocking off the dates on the calendar, there's now one more week less and so many days left and 59 days left and 58 days, they are counting counting down the number of days for what? For something Allah forbid many a times, for something that will become a means of azab. Azab is not only what we see visibly with our eyes, that that azab came and this azab came. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from every azab. That the azab came in certain place and this was a problem and that was a problem. That was the end result and so many thousand people lost their lives and so many things got damaged so that's not the only way azab comes sometimes that azab just comes directly onto the heart and the heart gets turned away from deen the enthusiasm of deen completely dies off the person's inclinations suddenly start towards haram the person was performing the salah regularly now they are not any more concerned about that salah as such tilawat is like a forgotten thing the zikr and tasbih hard days to make, that too is sometimes completely disappeared from the life. And now the person wants to be doing all kinds of wrongful things. But where it started off from? It started off by attending a function, attending some event or whatever, where there was haram taking place, and obviously there it becomes concentrated haram. Because now there are hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people present there. And all are jointly 
engage in that haram in that same place at that same time so now this is concentrated haram a concentrated haram you get this concentrated juices so now in a whole liter of water you put in maybe few tablespoons of it so in a five liters might put in maybe quarter liter now that quarter liter came into that five liters it diluted that whole thing that whole thing became juice but you put in only that quarter liter into five liters of water how the whole thing because it was so concentrated so it affected the whole five liters it affected everything but now if it was just like one spoon it won't it, of just ordinary things it won't really make much of a difference now the same thing happens here when there's concentrated sin in a small in a co confined place hundreds of people thousands of people all at the same time all engaged in that haram whether it's a music, whether it's a intermingling, whether it's all kinds of haram dressing, whether it is the other haram uh, things that are taking place there. So this starts bringing down azab in a concentrated manner. And that's the worst azab that it comes straight onto the heart of the person and he doesn't even realize anything happened. And he feels, no, life is going on very merrily. Allah forbid this is the worst kind of azab that it comes directly on the heart of the person and turns the heart of the person away from deen and turns the heart and the inclinations of the heart towards haram and on top of that the person doesn't even feel anything about it this is the worst kind of azab Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us because then that becomes a stepping stone to worse getting worse in deen and Allah forbid step for step many people have left deen after that so we were discussing this that unfortunately despite the fact that these are such terrible situations such destructive occasions but yet people look so look forward so eagerly for them and they are counting down and yet come the occasions which are occasions that will link a person to Allah Ta'ala occasions that will fill the heart with noor occasions that will bring the heart alive our dead hearts Hassan Basri Rahmatullahi, one person said to him that uh, our hearts have slipped away. We listen to so many advices of deen, etc., but our hearts are sleeping. He said, No, your hearts are not sleeping. Sleeping person, you wake the person up, you shake him up a little bit, the sleeping person wakes up also. So, the amount of deeni nasihat you are listening to, and the amount of advice you are being given and the number of times you are being reminded and the number of warnings that are being brought to you and despite all this it hasn't made any change it hasn't shaken you in the least but there's not a sign that the heart is sleeping your hearts have died the sleeping person wakes up you are not waking up at all so let it not be that our hearts Allah forbid also go in the dying mode we need to now take note that such great occasions come and these occasions are there to fill our hearts with no to bring it alive to make us conscious of Allah Taala, to take us closer to Allah Taala, to make even this dunya of ours a place of peace a place of contentment serenity happiness and that is what the real thing is that the heart is content the heart is at peace there is no issue that is now 
putting one's life in turmoil, the heart is content because the heart is with Allah Ta'ala. That is the real thing. So, where this will come from? It will come by attaching ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is out of His grace and mercy giving us these opportunities and these occasions. We should be looking forward to these occasions with a lot of enthusiasm. There should be a building up enthusiasm. There should be daily reminders for ourselves. We should be giving ourselves reminders. At home we should be reminding one another. Inshallah in the madrasa we will be reminded daily to build up this enthusiasm towards these great occasions. That What is to come? And what is to be taken from here? So now in this occasion that is coming, the occasion of Ashura, there are many lessons, but very briefly we will discuss some of these aspects. We understood how great this is from just one hadith where Rasulullah it is mentioned that initially it was fard, the fast of this one day was fard that alone highlighted what a great day this is. Though the fast is no more fard, but the greatness of the day is still there. Then together with that, it is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that when Nabi Islam came to Medina Munawwara, he was informed that the Jews also fast on this day. So he asked them that why do you fast? So they said that Musa and the Badi Israel they were saved from Fir'aun and his army on the 10th of Muharram. So on the 10th of Muharram due to this great uh, gift and bounty of Allah Ta'ala having been, become manifest and this rahmat of Allah Ta'ala becoming manifest on the Bani Israel Allah Ta'ala saved them, Allah Ta'ala saved Musa and them. So in a token of thanksgiving as a token of gratitude we fast on this day. So Rasulullah replied, Nahnu wa bi Musa minkum. That we have greater right over Musa and we are closer to him than you. In other words, you, the Jews, your link to Musa is just lip service. You do a few things in his name, but the bulk of it you have turned your backs on his way, on his teachings on what the reality was that Musa brought that you have forgotten, you changed the Torah you fabricated your own things and you made a mockery of his deen and this is just lip service you do here and there a few things we are more worthy of Musa we have greater right to him, we are closer to him because the deen that he brought in terms of the principles of that deen the Tawheed that we believe in you people have changed so much of that and all the various things that the principles of deen we are in uniformity with him so therefore we are closer to him we will therefore express this gratitude to Allah Ta'ala what we learn from this is that Nabi Islam also felt that this was a good thing to express the gratitude and this is something we need to apply in all the things in our life expressing gratitude expressing shukr First and foremost, shukr to Allah Ta'ala. Shukr to Allah Ta'ala, this is a topic on its own, but just to very briefly just touch on it. One is the verbal shukr. Alhamdulillah, Allahumma lak alhamd. All the words of shukr, the words of praises of Allah Ta'ala, these all words of shukr. Then the shukr of the heart. What is the shukr of the heart? Alhamdulillah, the verbal shukr many of us make. 
the shukr of the heart very few make and the shukr of the heart the reality of the shukr of the heart is that while genuinely believing that I wasn't deserving of this for one bit whether it is the material bounties that I have I have a roof over my head I have food to eat I have clothing I have so many material benefits all these things also and whatever else and obviously more than the material things the bounties of deen I was not deserving of any bit of this not one bit do I deserve Allah Ta'ala it is sheerly merely out of His grace it is His sheer mercy and it is His rahmat and grace that Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with these things so this is this acknowledgement from the heart that I don't deserve one bit of this and Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy has alone He alone has blessed me with this it is purely His bounty this belief in the heart in this manner this acknowledgement of the bounty together with the acknowledgement in the heart that I don't deserve this it's Allah Ta'ala's grace only this is a shukr of the heart and then the practical shukr is to then be obedient to the benefactor be obedient to the one who has blessed all these bounties be obedient to Allah Ta'ala this is even less that we totally submit ourselves in obedience to Allah Ta'ala for all his bounties so this is the thing that we need to learn from this that we need to become truly grateful to Allah Ta'ala for his bounties, for his blessings and not become ungrateful by disobeying him by forgetting to even remember him by thinking in our heart that we deserved these things that too is a serious crime that too is a great ingratitude to believe I deserve that but I didn't get it or what I got I deserve this to believe that I deserve something which I didn't get that too is a ingratitude and to believe that I deserved something that I already got that too is ingratitude rather to believe from the heart that I didn't deserve anything Allah Ta'ala out of His grace and mercy enabled me to have these things Allah Ta'ala blessed me with it and then to apply ourselves practically in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala this is the practical shukr we should always remember these three levels of shukr and from time to time revise it. Inshallah, our mollimas would ask us about it also so that we remember this and we keep applying it. So this is one major lesson on the day of Ashura to remind ourselves of the lesson of shukr. Then it is reported in the Hadith Sharif the person who fasts on the day of Ashura, Yukafiru Sanatal Madhya. This becomes a compensation of all the sins of the year that has passed the year that has passed this becomes a compensation for the sins of that entire year the minor sins of the entire year so therefore this is something that we need to take advantage of this opportunity and fast on the day of Ashura the 10th of Muharram this will become a means of this great bounty and benefit we will only realize what a great bounty this is what a great benefit this is on the day of Qiyamat when a person will be looking for the forgiveness of his sins and looking for even one one reward Allah Ta'ala is ready to shower down this great rahmat so this is something that we should be eager to do another lesson again with regards to Ashura in the Hadith Sharif Nabi Salaam says the person who is generous upon his family on the day of Ashura 
Allah Ta'ala will be generous upon him throughout the year. Generosity doesn't here mean that a person must go beyond his means, within his means to spend something extra on his family, what is within his budget, within his means he spends something extra. But again the lesson that is being given to us is, perhaps we are not in a position to spend, we are not, we don't have any amount to spend on anyone, but tomorrow we might have families of our own, we must learn the generosity, the lesson of generosity from now. This generosity is not confined for this day, but it has special merits on this day. That a person who is generous upon his family on this day, Allah Ta'ala will be generous upon him throughout the year. Now, this generosity is the lesson that we should be learning throughout the year. And we can be generous at our level. Somebody has a million rands and he spends 10,000 in being generous to people. So mashallah, he has done a great thing. He spent 10,000, Allah Ta'ala will reward him accordingly. But the 10,000 amounts to 1%. From that 1 million, that 10,000 amounted to 1%. Now another person had 10 rands. And that person spent 1 rand. To some poor person, gave somebody some needy person, so he, the quantity here is there was 10,000 rands here is 1 rand that person will get rewarded for his quantity also but it's very possible that because this person made a 10% sacrifice and that sacrifice is what Allah Ta'ala loves his sacrifice is 10% it's not impossible that if there's more ikhlas obviously ikhlas is the greater thing with ikhlas if both did it with full ikhlas but this person's sacrifice was more, it is possible that his reward might be greater because his sacrifice was so much. So don't look at the quantity. The quantity might be very little sometimes, but that little quantity can gain us a lot. And this quantity in the akhirat, Allah Ta'ala, if it was done with ikhlas, it comes in the hadith sharif, a person might have given one date in the path of Allah Ta'ala to some poor person, to some needy person. Allah Ta'ala grows that. And in the akhirat it becomes mountains of rewards. Other one date becomes mountains of rewards, provided it was done with ikhlas. So we can be also generous in our little, one small something we shared. We shared some lunch of ours with somebody. We had some spending money, somebody doesn't get any spending. We sp- shared something, one ran, 50 cents we shared with someone. We shared some items we have. We have two pencils for example we know somebody doesn't have a pencil so we gave the person one what did we run short of by sharing one pencil with the person now these are simple examples of how we can be generous yes if it's some item of value we should be consulting our parents first and expressing to them our intention that we want to be helping out somebody we do it with their mashwara but the thing is we should learn to become generous from now there is some item to some food so we are eating something we share it with somebody that's part of generosity so this is a very great thing Allah Ta'ala loves the person who is generous and generosity generosity it cools the anger of Allah Ta'ala meaning we get saved from azab and it protects a person from a bad death so this is something very great so inshallah we should try 
we should try to be generous and keep up this alive little bit at a time every other day we are sharing something with somebody we will see the great benefits and barakat of this in our lives we will see it in our health we will see it in everything and the main thing is the great rewards of the akhirat so this is also another very important lesson for Ashura then we spoke about fasting on the day of Ashura the 10th of Muharram but one other very important lesson in this regard is that when Nabi Wasallam was fasting and ordered the Sahaba to fast as well the Sahaba came back and said that the Yehud are also fasting so as we already learned that why they were fasting but in any case when this became apparent that they are also fasting Nabi Wasallam then said to the Sahaba that inshallah if we live to the next year we will fast the ninth as well it happened that Nabi Wasallam passed away before the following Muharram came but the lesson in here was that he thought that we will fast on the ninth as well in other words we will continue doing what we are doing because we weren't doing it because of them we didn't even know they were fasting we were doing it for Allah Ta'ala and for the greatness of this day and for attaining the benefits that come out of this day but since they are also fasting we will still avoid resembling them how? by adding one more fast so they were fasting they are fasting on the 10th only we will now be fasting on the 9th and 10th and therefore we are fasting on 2 days they are fasting only on one so we are not resembling them outwardly as well both the outward resemblance and any other resemblance has all been now cut off so there is no resemblance whatsoever so this is the lesson that we learn here that this resemblance Nabi Wasallam did not allow even this outer resemblance to remain though this is an aspect of an act of ibadat and this act of ibadat is something which is something that was done solely for Allah Taala, but Nabi Islam did not want us to resemble the Yahud even in this external act of ibadat so we need to be very conscious about this aspect that this lesson we should take forward from here that we should avoid totally shun all resemblance with the Yahud and Nasara in our dressing in our ways in our manner in our habits all this is something which we need to we should be following the sunnah of Rasulullah we should be following his way not the way of the Yahud and Nasara otherwise we will go far away from deen far away from the path of Allah Allah forbid one thing leads to another our deen itself someday Allah forbid goes away so Rasulullah gave us a very great lesson here in one hadith it is mentioned also that a person should Nabi Islam commanded Sumu Ashura wa Khaliful Yahud. Fast on the day of Ashura, but oppose the Jews. How? Sumu Yoman Kablahu or Yoman Badahu. Fast a day before or a day after as well. So fast the tenth, but together with the tenth, one day more. This will break the apparent resemblance. Now, if in this matter we have to break the apparent resemblance, what about the matter of our clothing? When a person wears, for example, a something that is a uniform of a nurse, for example. So say, who is she resembling? She's resembling a nurse. 
So now if she wears a uniform of some other, they say, no, she's resembling so-and-so, looking like that now. So the jeans and t-shirt, whose uniform is this? Whose culture is this? Whose way is this? Is this the way of the Sahabi Atma Huzubillah? Is this the way of the pious people of the Ummat? Is this the way of the good people of the Ummat? This is the way of those who are far away from Deen. It is the way of the Yahud and Nasara. It is the way of those who are the enemies of Deen. So now, is this the resemblance that we would be happy to go with? And imagine a person passes away in that condition, wearing those kind of clothes, in the jeans, in the t-shirts, in those garments, those tight-fitting, hugging garments. Even those cloaks have been made in a way that it defeats the entire purpose for which that cloak was and exposes the shape of the body. Whose resemblance is this? Who dresses in that way? That the body must be exposed or the shape must be exposed. That's a resemblance of the Yahud. So we swear the Yahud and we swear the, their ways and whatever else, but we embrace their culture. So verbally we talk ill about the ways but we embrace it so it's like a person he is uh, swearing somebody but then he's hugging the person and he's practically saying this is my friend don't worry what I'm saying whatever I'm saying don't listen to that but see what I'm doing this person is my friend so that is how we going headlong into the culture of the Yehud the culture of the Nasara and we are taking everything that comes from them and especially this is the way that they start off by making us look like them dress like them so then you cannot make there is no sign afterwards left in many instances that who is a Muslima and who is a Yehudiya both look the same not that the Yehudiya is looking like a Muslima no she is not looking like nobody she is looking like herself the Muslima has started looking like the Yehudiya the Muslima is looking like the Nasraniya so if they were just suddenly just walking somewhere and somebody had to ask what's your name so she might give her name her Christian name so the person might think this is her sister both looking the same so that's a Christian this must be the same also that's what he'll think what's your name so she'll give some Jewish name okay this must be her sister then she must be also a Jew that's what the person will think if he didn't ask yes the Iman that's there in the heart that's very great with the tawfiq, Allah ta'ala grant tawfiq with the blessing of that iman inshallah that the realization comes that that iman in the heart must not be soiled it's like the most precious diamond most precious pearl something that's priceless but the person is taking it in, in najis rags in najis filthy rags which have been soiled in excreta and filth and dirt the person is covering this and wrapping this priceless diamond in that now that is what we do to the Iman in our hearts that now we cover ourselves with all the ways of the Yahud and Nasara so all the Najis wrapping we are putting on this priceless Iman what a terrible kind this is and what a terrible ingratitude to this Iman Allah forbid this Iman then doesn't take offense and decides that I can't remain encaged in this filth Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us so these are the lessons we need to take on this occasion and we need to make Tawbah we need to make sincere Tawbah we need to regret 
We need to feel the pain in our heart for having adopted this kind of culture, this kind of dressing. We need to take it and throw it away. All those garments make a bonfire with it and burn it. Don't give it to anyone. Don't make somebody else give that filthy garment to somebody else, something that is filled in najasat and excreta and whatever. You're not going to give it to somebody else. You're going to throw it down the drain. Burn it up. So make a bonfire of all this filthy clothing. And for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, burn it. And inshallah you'll become the means of others following suit. And also giving up this culture that is taking people away from deen. And that is taking them in the arms of the Yahud and Nasara. And distancing them from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Distancing them from his culture. From his way. From his beautiful sunnah. And from the way of deen. So on the day of Qiyamah, we are going to be waiting to have the opportunity of the water of Kawsar from Rasulullah but in dunya we kept on running far away from him running towards the Yahud running towards the Nasara running towards their way of life then how are we going to get closer to Rasulullah on the day of Qiyamah so these are the lessons that we need to learn and the lessons we need to put into our lives may Allah give us a tawfiq Allah enable us to take the full bounty and blessings of the day of Ashura Allah give us tawfiq of fasting as well and may Allah forgive us and make us his true and obedient servants and the true ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfil lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله